0: Now, today we are going to complete our series called seriously Jesus is a series where we've been examining some of the toughest most challenging uh, uh, statements that Jesus has made in the scriptures those statements that rub us the wrong way those statements that make us just say really uh, uh, Jesus are you crazy I, I don't know if this is if this is God speaking or, or or something else you know what's going on in this statement and what do you really mean and so today what we're going to do is we're going to examine his most audacious and bold claim. We saved the best for last. We saved the most challenging for last. And I pray God will give me the wisdom to communicate this. But this bold statement is incredible. It is a statement that irritates and agitates believers and non-believers. It's a statement that many of us wish he never said because it causes challenge and chaos and confusion between our relationships. It is a statement Found in John chapter 14, verse number six, and that statement is I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We invite you in, Holy Spirit. Would you make room in our hearts and our minds right now for your truth? for your leadership, for your guidance. Would you uh, allow some room for us to even have questions, to, to explore our doubts and our challenges with some of the things that you've even said? Would you, would you help us to get to a place of, of understanding with you today? Would you lead us and guide us through your holy word? And we believe that you are true. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Seriously, Jesus, are you attempting to tell me that you are the only way to to God? Are you attempting to tell me that you're the only way to salvation? You're the only way to heaven. You're the only way to eternal life. Have you ever taken the wrong exit off of a highway? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Join me in that. Have you ever... Here's a worse one. Have you ever gone the wrong way on the highway? Well, I got to tell you my story. I'm always throwing myself under the bus. But listen, I'm going to tell you a little bit of story. See, one day when I was living in New York, I moved here from upstate New York, and uh, I had to take my wife to uh, the airport. Now, this is when we were newer to New York, so I'm trying to navigate, figure this out. I dropped my wife off at the airport, and a friend told me that all I had to do was take Interstate 90 to get back to work. That, like, that was the fastest way to get to work. So I'm like, okay, I get, I leave the airport, uh, I look up at the signs, I see Interstate 90, this is it. I hop on Interstate 90 and I'm driving along. I'm quite uh, uh, distracted because I turned on my music. You know, I had on my, my 1980s hip hop. I was bumping some LL Cool J. I'm talking about 80s hip hop. I'm talking about when he was radio. I don't know if anybody knows that album, but one of my favorites. Anyway. LL Cool J is bumping in the background, actually in the foreground, and I'm just rapping along with him, and I'm just driving down the road. And and, and so I'm driving quite distracted, not paying attention to where I am or where I am going, but there were signs that popped up that I was going the wrong way. Yes, I was on the right side of the road, (laughs) but I was not going in the right direction. You see, I was supposed to be traveling west, but I got on 90 going east. And so there were signs like 90 East that I was on when I should have been going west. There were signs that I was riding and I had gone through a couple of different albums and uh, still wasn't at my destination. I I was just enjoying the ride. And so I went past exit after exit after exit, uh, uh, not really paying attention, but going the wrong way. What did we do before GPS on our phones? Let me tell you what what I did. I got lost. I went the wrong way. I'm not the best navigator of space and all that kind of stuff. You see, there are many exits on the highway of life, but they all don't lead to the same destination. If you're not going through Jesus, you might be going the wrong way. All right? Now, I... I love and I care about each and every one of you too much to to let you wait until the end of the message to hear this. And that is, Jesus Christ is the way. I believe he is the way to get to God. And he loves you so much that he's providing this way freely for all of us to navigate toward the Father. Jesus loves us so much that he's going, he is making this bold and audacious claim because he doesn't want us to miss out on this greatness, miss out on meeting the Father, miss out on heaven and eternal life. He's making this bold and audacious statement because he doesn't want you or me to confuse him with any other option that might be available. So Jesus says that I am the way. I am is an interesting word. Why would Jesus call himself the I am? I am means the relational God, the God that wants to have a relationship with you, right? He, seriously, Jesus, you are the only way. You see, the I am is the, uh, uh, the God who wants to be with you on your spiritual journey, wherever you are in that journey, whether you're just beginning on that journey or whether you are so spiritual that you float on clouds in the morning. He wants to be with you in that journey of discovery. He wants to be with you on your journey of deconstruction. He wants to be with you on your journey of reconstruction. He wants to never be apart from your life, no matter where you are in your spiritual walk or your journey. The God who introduced himself to Moses back in Exodus chapter 3 called himself I am. He said, Moses said, well, well who's going, who am I going to say told me all this stuff when I go back? Now, this is years ago. And, Mo- and God told him, tell them, I am sent you. Jesus calls himself the I am in this passage. What's so unique about that? Because I am is the Hebrew word ehe. If anybody Hebrews in here, they're about to attack me right now. Because is the name of the unpronounceable God. It is the name that you do not pronounce because they believe that that name was too holy to pronounce. As a matter of fact, when you go back to the Old Testament, you'll see that Ehe has been replaced. If you go back to Hebrew, if you ever take a Hebrew class, whatever, Ehe is not found there because what the translators did in order to make sure that no one accidentally ever stated this name out loud, they replaced that word Ehe. They took some of the letters from the word Eh, hey, and they uh, combined them with the word Adonai, and the word Adonai means Lord, and so now they came up with this brand new word called Yahweh. Y'all might have heard that word Yahweh before, and a lot of us have taught, that's the name of God. Uh, uh, Yahweh is a made-up name. It is a name given so that you would not accidentally say the name Ehe, hey, and here yeah, I'm saying it. <laughs> All right? But we're not... Jews and Hebrews, so I guess it's okay. Anyway, and nobody's throwing rocks at me right now. You're not stoning me. Ehe means I am. Ehe means literally I be. This isn't. This is an English class now. This is a Hebrew class. All right. So let me let me tell. It means he is the one who doesn't depend on anyone else. I am is the one who defines himself. I am. Watch this. I am is not was, I am is not will be, I am is. Oh, I messed you up now. Listen, I am just means that he is the ever-present God. He doesn't have a history. He doesn't have a future. He exists beyond time and space. And so I went through that little journey just to, just to say Jesus calls himself. He's not just a man. He's not just somebody who showed up on the scene. He's not just a holy prophet. He says, I am that God. And so Jesus, he, he's not just some dude on the street. Now, he says, I am the way. The way, the path, the journey. I am the way to this deep relationship with the Father. I am the path, the journey that you can take to get there. I know that some people use this scripture, right? I am the way, the truth, the life as a a bully statement. To show that uh, uh, we have the right way and you have the wrong way. So now we're going to hate you and beat you up and, 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 and pillage you and all that, all that kind of stuff. We're going we're to take over. But Jesus is full of love and compassion. You remember, he created every human being in his image. He loves you no matter if you follow him or not. He still has love for you. And so there's no room for hate. Because someone doesn't believe what you believe. You see, Jesus is so full of love and compassion that it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey. It does matter if you want to get to the Father where you are on your spiritual journey. If you want to get to heaven or eternal life. But he is full of love and compassion for that journey. Listen, when I was in Syracuse right? We, we used to go to uh, some of the women's basketball games. I went to some of the men's Syracuse University basketball games. And uh, outside of the dome, the, the Syracuse dome, they, they had, it was this guy, it wasn't Syracuse that had this guy, but this guy would show up with a big sandwich board on, right? And he would walk around with a bullhorn. Now on his sandwich board, he wrote uh, uh, some all kinds of audacious statements. He said, you're going to hell, and a uh, uh, fire and damnation and 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 all these uh, if you don't have Jesus you're going to die today and he would scream at people who came to the games through his bullhorn talking about you're evil and you're going to hell cuz you don't have Jesus and one day I walked up to him you know me I my wife is like I want to see you engage with some of these folks sometime <laughs> And I, I walked up to him because I was like, That's, enough is enough. I walked up to this guy and I said, listen, man, what, what are you doing? And, and we had a little conversation. I said, don't you know you'll attract more flies with honey than you would vinegar? You see, Jesus is full of love and compassion, not hate and damnation. You know, eventually you'll get there but uh, if you don't choose him. But he wants to welcome you in and he wants you to take one step at a time as you come closer and closer to him. You got a whole lifetime. So, people like that guy make me want to change religions. I mean, (laughs) when somebody is that evil and hateful and and, and just in the name of Jesus, you know, everybody who claims the name of Jesus doesn't represent Jesus. Y'all know that, right? Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Everybody who calls me, Lord, Lord, not going to make it, he said. But Jesus is so loving and caring that he invites us on this journey with him. Now, I think Jesus is the way. I believe Jesus is the way. I believe that he's telling the truth right here. And so I want to dig into that. You see, in this passage, I believe that he's inviting us to compare him to any other faith tradition, any other religion, any other holy person that has ever lived. He's inviting us to compare him to anybody else. Watch this. He's inviting us. To go ahead, and if you want to, try it. But if you try it, take some notes. If you try some other religion, other faith tradition, other way, other rules, other possession, uh, a spiritual leader, ask them this question, are you willing to die for me? Ask them, have you suffered for me? Take notes to find out if they've ever put their own blood on the line for your sins. Are they willing to be sacrificed and brutalized for you? You see, there's no other religion that has claimed that God suffered for you. There's no other religion or faith tradition that that will put out the claim that God is willing to suffer for you. There's no other religion or claim out there that says that God loves you or or that their God loves you more than you love yourself. You can do the research. No other religion states that God is madly in love with you, that he would give up his all for you. There's no other religion that has the grace that Jesus offers. When I went to college... I began studying all types of religions, all types of faith practice. I started applying a whole lot of faith practices from all other religions to my life because I wanted to investigate for myself. Was my mom and daddy right? Did did they raise me right? Jesus couldn't be the only way to God, could he? That was my question. So I had to investigate for myself. I remember having a conversation with my Muslim friend. I had this Muslim friend in college, and we would have conversations about faith all the time. And I remember distinctly one time he told me, he said, uh, uh, you know, God will not punish you if you choose the wrong way. He told me, I remember this. He said, uh, 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 as long as you're a good person, God has to accept you. That was his belief. Now, I didn't have these words then, but now that I've, I've learned a lot more, I understand how incorrect that is. You see, because Mark chapter 10, I believe it's verse 18, says, No one is good but God alone. No one is good but God alone. Even the best person in this room, even the best person on this planet has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short of God's standard, of God's perfection. So when we profess to be good, what's our measurement? You know what it is? Other people. We love looking at other people, don't we? mm -hmm. You know what Jill did last night? Mm, I saw what she posted on Instagram, and she took it down immediately. I got the screenshot, girl. Y'all know Jim and Billy over there? Man, they can't get their lives together. You heard what their wife said about them? Mm. We love to gossip. We love to talk about people. We love to compare ourselves to other human beings as if they are God's standard. We love to say, well, at least I didn't do such and such fill in the blank like such and such did. Oh, my sins aren't as bad as Hitler or Stalin or Jeffrey Dahmer or Jim Jones or Osama bin Laden. No, I'm not that bad. Let me tell you that when we compare ourselves to other people, that is a position of pride. Y'all know pride is what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven, right? Pride is that one sin that God, he hates the smell of. He just can't deal with that. And yet it wells up in us so constantly. You see, we're not saved by our level of sin. We're not not saved at all by, by any part or any dealing with sin. All sin is an offense to a holy God. All Whether you stole a candy bar or you shot somebody in the middle of the street. Yikes, really God? Yeah. Jesus is the one, the only one in history who can pay for your sin. He's the only one who is qualified to pay for sin. He's the only one, watch this in history, who is willing To pay for, to spill all of the blood out of his body for your sin. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says that, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it's God's gift, right? It's a gift from God, right? A gift is something that's unearned, right? A gift is something that you just, all you have to do is receive it. That's the only work you have to do, right? If I gave you this iPad right now, I say, oh, oh, oh John, this, this iPad is for you, right? Right? This iPad, you can have it for the gift of, uh, for, you know, for how much, is $700? It? It's not a gift anymore. It's a transaction. If I have to give up something, no. Jesus said, this is a gift, and all you have to do is receive it. I've done all the work. I paid for the sins. All you got to do is say, I accept. You see, Jesus is different than any other religious leader. He's different than any other faith tradition. He is the way because he accepts you wherever you are. No matter who you are, where you are, where you've been, what you've done. He said, all you got to do to come to me and I wash that away. All are welcomed and invited to simply receive this gift from Jesus and this relationship with the Father. Let me move on. He says, what separates us from God? It's our sin. And Jesus is the only one who can pay for our sin. The second thing that Jesus says in this statement is not only that I am the way, but I am the truth. You see, if we accept that Jesus is the truth, we have to admit that we are not. You say, seriously, Jesus? I can't have my own truth? <laughs> I want my own truth. I want to define my own truth, Jesus. He says, uh, no. <laughs> I created, where were you when I created the heavens and the earth? Where were you when, when I died on the cross? You weren't even born yet. When I put in all this work, I remember having a conversation with some friends about God, and we were talking about the truth. What is the truth? What is truth? You know, and and, and, uh, I remember this conversation. Some of my friends were were non-religious. Some were religious. Some believed all religions had some element of truth. Some believed all religions were fools. And, And the illustration came up that many atheists use, and that was the illustration of the elephant, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but it was the illustration of the elephant is saying that uh, all religions are like blind men trying to describe God as they grab a hole of one part of an elephant. And so a blind man grabs the trunk of the elephant and says, oh, God must be like a big giant hose. Right. Is that's what this would I find when I when I grab this elephant? Another person grabs the ankle of the elephant and say, oh, God is like a big tree stump unmovable, super heavy. Another person grabs the tail and says, oh, God is skinny and stringy and short and smelly. (laughs) But the illustration goes on to say that all of them are blind and can only describe what they're holding on to. But the problem with this illustration is this. That the person making that illustration, the person who sees it that way, imagines in their own mind that they're the only ones with sight. That they are all knowing. That they have all the answers and they're on the outside looking in. Listen, we all need to take the time to humble ourselves. We all need to take a moment to say, I don't have all the answers. I am flawed. I have fallen short and we all need the truth. I can't define it myself. And it's okay to clap if you wanna clap. Listen. <laughs> he goes on finally to say that I am the life. And this is where, this is the last statement. I'll wrap it up. I am the life. Seriously, Jesus? You mean, I, I, I would see a God, I wanna live my life the way I wanna live it. And he says, okay, go ahead. He's the only one that gives us choice you know God created us a part of our humanity is volition we have the ability to make choices we don't have to choose Jesus if we don't want to just don't expect all the stuff that Jesus promises he says I am the life if you just give your life to me watch the amazing things that I can do with it this is eternal life eternal life begins when you accept Jesus Christ it's not something that you get when you die in some far off day. It starts right now. When you close your eyes, you'll never know you'll be dead because your eternal life starts then. If you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord immediately. There's no uh, uh, soul sleep or any of that kind of stuff. It, that's not biblical. Your eternal life starts right now. All you got to do is accept Jesus and what he's offered you. So listen, when we accept Jesus Christ as our life, he says, I am the life, all of what he has done, all of his righteousness, all of his goodness, all of his perfection, his justness, if that's a real word, his sinlessness is credited to our account. So now when God opens up his mobile device and looks in our, uh, uh, in our bank account or in our spiritual account, all he says, sees is deposit from Jesus, deposit from Jesus, deposit from Jesus, deposit from Jesus. And all of my stuff has been pushed so far down, it's been covered. That all Jesus sees is, all God sees is Jesus. He says, oh man, come on up in here. You, you righteous and worthy. That's the kind of relationship I want. You see, Jesus says, if you want to live, if you want life, then go my way. I am the way. You see, all religions are man's attempt to get to God, man's attempt to to become perfect, or man's attempt to become good. Christianity, or the way, is God's attempt to come to man. He's not asking you, come on up to me, be good enough to get to me. He's like, I'll give it all to you. So when I was on I-90 in New York, I was going the wrong way. I sure enough was going the wrong way. And that took me a long time to realize it. I just kept driving and driving and listening to my music. But you know what? On that interstate, there were exits. Uh, there were so many different exits. Uh, uh, but then they were few and far between. So it was hard to get to a new exit. Now, I could keep going the wrong way. I could have kept going and, and, and taken a, a far-off exit all the way out in Albany and started a new life in Albany. Now, that would have <laughs> created some problems because when my wife needed to be picked up from an airport, she's going to be like, uh... Where where you at? (laughs) Well, she wouldn't say where you at. She would say, where are you? Where are you? She's so (laughs) perfect in all her ways. (laughs) I, I love you. But what I had to do was I had to humble myself. I had to come to a realization. I had to admit within myself that I was wrong that I was going the wrong way, that, that it, be, it, it, it behooved me to get off of this road and start to get on a track on the right direction. It, 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 it served me and my family. It did not serve us well for me to continue on the wrong path. I had to take the next exit. Now, taking the next exit is not the solution to my problem, but it's a step in the right direction. What step can you take today to get on track and to get in the right lane with Jesus? Where are you in your spiritual journey? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Is that the step that you need to take, accepting that free gift from him? Are you, you believe in Jesus, but maybe you're relying on your stuff. You, you, you have all this faith in your job, and if you lose it tomorrow, you wouldn't know what you're going to do. Maybe you have all this faith in your family, which is great to have faith in your family, but what you're going to do if something happens? What, maybe all of your eggs are in one basket one way or another. What are you going to do if you don't have that basket? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come follow me because I'm the way to the Father, what step can you take or do you need to take today to get on that right path with Jesus? Examine your own life and see what you need to do. Worship team, you can come on up as I close it out. You see, sometimes in life we make poor decisions We uh, 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 we may be traveling the wrong way. We could be going the wrong way. In our lives, we've hurt people. We hurt ourselves. We hurt our relationship with God. But we have to be mindful enough to admit when we're wrong. And we have to be strong enough to say, I'm wrong. I can repent and turn around. I can go a different direction. But you and I have to make that choice for ourselves. Are we going to follow the way, the truth, and the life? Will you make that necessary adjustment this week? Jesus, we thank you so much for your love, your grace, your peace, your mercy. We thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the truth. You are the way. You give us life. We just want to be a part of what you're doing. God, will you continue to lead us and help us to take one step at a time to get on the right path with you. Help us, God, to be all you've called us to be, to live the life that you've given us. And I pray you would direct our steps in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Amen. God bless you.